Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Papa, I just love your ways today. Holy Spirit, I just invite just the reconstruction of this goodness of humanity that you put on earth. What a privilege. I just say, what a privilege to to know you in this way. I never want to take it for granted. And we just have the privilege to know you and how your understanding and wisdom just keep unfolding in new ways. And so today we just lay aside the old pattern. You know, I, I think just the thing I can just really sense is that that God is actually, um, in my opinion, right now on the earth, He is, He's actually redesigning so many things, but we kind of have a um, short-sighted view of it in a way, and so then we think it would happen a certain way or go a certain way, and I think that that God is really just returning us back to just our first love is the best way I know to describe it. I I wanted to read, I'm reading this book called The Love Awakening. Um, and so I'm going to talk today more about clearing the ground and laying a foundation. And um, all of our lives, we... Um, we just walk them out the best we know how. But when, when God comes in and he begins to, um, restructure our lives, I feel like sometimes we can, we can get nervous or we can, um, rely on old patterns. And, you know, one of the things I think it's really important is just as a people, as a person, you have to keep pushing the envelope of your own heart to allow the Holy Spirit to change something that you're unaware that needs changing. And and re- always remember that there's nothing and there's nothing about his timing that really can make sense to us because he's always preparing us for something yet to come. Do you understand that? And so as much as I love encounters, most of life is spent pressing into the process. I'm not for sure that we're as good, you know, since you come to a house that's full of encounters, you know, you can have an encounter in so many places you can have an encounter in small group you can have an encounter with worship you can have an encounter when someone's preaching because the holy spirit's desire is to actually uh bump into mankind i think bro saying about it on friday he wants to collide with us and he loves our humanity he designed it for a collision with his spirit and I think sometimes what happens is that that we we get so exterior focused, needing, and I have it too, you know, needing things to go a certain way. You know, I've been having this extreme frustration in the last few days. And so I'm, I'm like, I can tell that he's colliding with... Um, with my um, reluctance to push for excellence. You know, when when you're working with people, especially volunteers, you know, there's, there's, I was telling Tessa this yesterday, that our imaginations 
are so designed by God that we have the capacity to imagine something we have the inability to do in our performance. Let me say it another way. The intricacies of our design allow God allowed us to have an imagination that is beyond our ability on earth to actually reproduce. Like, I'm just telling you, we have an inability to reproduce what our imaginations can think of, yet he requires us to use our imagination to create on earth what isn't like is supposed to be. And see, my imagination views heaven right now in a certain way. And I have, I have, I've decided to live my life to want heaven to invade earth. But yet my imagination is not even enough to hold the corridors of heaven in it. But yet he requires me to create with my imagination. And and this process goes on over and over and over and over again to where your imagination is given, and I'm talking about a holy imagination. We can all create fantasy, and that's, uh, that's why the enemy uses fantasy, but I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about this holy imagination, and, and what happens in me when I feel that push of the more as I become, I become, um, disheartened with the current existence. And I know that's him. And I know that's him. Let me say it to somebody else. And I know that that's him. See, what we do is we then begin to tell ourselves, oh, now you just love people. Don't say anything to anybody. Don't push the envelope. I was meeting with Moo yesterday and I said, I have the right to be frustrated when something doesn't turn out like I wanted. And she had to say, yeah, you do. I said, you can't be so fragile that I can't say I don't like that. Because that, honestly, that's how God feels. Let's think about him. And he designed everything so perfectly. But yet, we're still captivated in a alteration of that design and we keep putting more money and effort and pressure on it to make it fulfill what we thought. And when I woke up this morning, I, I, I heard the Holy Spirit. He asked me a funny question. You know, I'm on this subject right now of just restructuring your identity. I don't know if you know that, but that's what I'm doing. You know, because I've always said that the proof that it's not what God designed is that it's not working. God's design said you would have peace. God's design said you would have favor. God's design said that you would have abundance. Do we believe that, those promises of God? God's design said that you, your life would be fruitful and it would flourish and it would be abundant, right? So my, my goal for you is every place you're not in abundance, you've got to change something. You're off. I wish it was some other easier way we could say, well, God will change, alter the plan for me. That's why I say, if you're going to live as if that you're a condemned sinner, you're going to be frustrated your whole life because God's not going to bring another Savior. It is finished. My job is to know what's finished, receive it into my heart, and live out of my personal design and identity. I don't even get to alter my identity. I don't get to alter my design. I don't get to decide I'm going to be a woman. I don't get to decide what I'm going to do with my life. I don't get to decide all those. 
I'm not sure what I said right then, but I just don't get to cite all that. I feel like I messed up there somewhere, but you know what I mean. And so he told me, why did I make woman out of a rib? I thought that was a funny question. Maybe you don't, maybe you've thought all about it and you already know all the answers, but let's look at it just for a second. I had to look up what a rib was. A rib is a bone, but it's made and constructed so intricately with cartilage to allow it to expand. And every person has 24. I'm not going to preach on that, but you could. 12 sets. And guess what the rib does? It forms a cage to protect, support, and allow respiration, which is expansion, breathing. And so let's think about it in in Genesis 3, I think. It's 2 or 3. I got the verse. I don't have the chapter. It says, so Yahweh, God caused Adam to fall into a deep trance. And while he slept, he took a portion of Adam's side. That word in Hebrew is rib, and the pronunciation of that word is Tesla. I knew I'd get your attention right there. Now, I don't know if you know this, but... There's, um, God is moving through this little guy named Elon Musk right now. I don't know if he knows it or not. Isn't it cool about God? He don't even care if you know it. He doesn't even care if you know it. Because his plans will be accomplished on the earth. You know, I knew little Army Ray was a prophet when he started praying for Justin Beaver. When he did, I knew he did not know who that man was. See, God moves on people and he accomplishes his, he's sovereign. That's what sovereign means. The, the reward factor of this earth is whether you'll join in with his plan and see Jesus coming back on a white horse with your reward, or whether you'll do your own plan. Now, you may second base slide into heaven, but I want the full reward because it says, that when that day comes, I will lay all my crowns at his feet. I'm intending on having some crowns. Agreed? Agreed? Yes. So God took this rib and he, it says he caused Adam to fall into a deep trance. And while he slept, he took a portion of Adam's side and he closed its place with flesh. Then Yahweh God used the portion of Adam's side and he skillfully crafted woman and he presented her to him. And then Adam said, at last, one just like me. What was he talking about? What had happened just right before then? God had created all the animals. So we're not those animals. And her bones were formed from my bones and her flesh from my flesh. And this one will be called woman for she was taking fr taken from me. Now, if you read in the Passion, in Genesis, let me tell you what he says about it. There's so much good stuff in Genesis I could read to you forever. You know, when they were in the garden, you know, um, Brian Simmons says that um, the great need of human, the human heart is life or relationship. That's the need that he made within you, not knowledge. 
And God never intended for man to covet knowledge that is apart from a relationship with God. See, that has to be part of our foundation. It has to be part of my foundation. My belief system about me is that I'm made for relationship. But I'm made to know all things through the relationship with God. See, what's going on in humanity right now is that we are seeking to know things outside of God. Think about the Tower of Babel. We're capable. Do you know the Tower of Babel story? They were trying to what? They, they were trying to get to God. God made a way for humanity to get to God. It's not through a building. You know, the other word for that, that word rib or Tesla is the side chambers or cells of a temple structure. It was a little more than a hunk of bone, wasn't it? This is what Brian says. He says, oh, it's just so much. Let's start. I'm going to start with verse 18. It says this Hebrew word for good or pleasant. Um, he's in verse 18. He's talking about, let's just read verse 18 so we can be clear. Hang on. I didn't even pull up this. This is just my side note. One second. He says in verse 18, Yahweh God said, It's not good for man to be alone. Therefore, I will fashion a suitable partner to be his strength. And so in the commentary, he says this, a good or pleasant or cheerful or beautiful partner. God's loving gifts can be seen in giving man his life breath and a beautiful place to live, which is was Eden and to work in and now a life partner. This is the Hebrew word E-Z-E-R frequently used for a military help. A term ascribed to God himself 14 times. It could be translated strong rescuer. We would never say that God is inferior to man, nor should we say that woman is inferior to man. For both God and the woman were E-Z-E-R. Ezer. God's choice of this E-Z-E-R indicates that Woman is a man's first line of defense and an equal partner in the journey of life. The easy ER of God's gift to the husband. The woman's role is more than an assistant to man. She is a dynamic solution to man's loneliness as one who protects, reveals, and helps. See the same ancient pictograph rendering of I-E-Z man, our weapon. That's that word, E-Z-E-R. Are you following me? Yeah. I should have put it up on the screen. To, remil- to mean the revealer of the enemy. Wow. <laughs> Both God and Adam wanted a partner. God wanted man to till and work the garden, accomplishing God's purpose for man to bring forth fruit. But Adam needed a bride, a partner for life, who would be able to live and move and have her being in him. So God gave Adam a job and a wife. All of this was to be a picture to Adam of God's yearning for a forever partner who will not just work alongside of him, but also love and cherish him. Now you move on down to... The scripture I just read, which is, um, what verse was that? 21. In 21, let's read that again. It says, So Yahweh God caused Adam to fall asleep into a deep trance, and while he was asleep, he took a portion of Adam's side. Now, in the commentary, this is what he says. He said, It's an inner chamber 
The word that is used, side or rib, is an obscure one that can mean a structural element essential for someone's existence, like a beam for a house or a hull for a boat. It says, this verb is not used for anything else in the creation account, only for the woman. It takes one verse to describe the creation of man. Six verses describe the creation of woman. (laughs) Eve was not taken from Adam's feet to dominate her, but from his side near his heart to cherish her. God instituted marriage by forming them and bringing them into each other. With the original genetics of man, the Lord fashioned a companion for Adam who powerfully expanded the graces and expressions of himself. The great gift God the great gift God gave to the woman was the ability to conceive and give birth. As the two came together, mankind would express a fuller, more complete picture of God. Yes. <laughs> From her, just husband's word, just as God reached this verse 23, just as God reached into himself and took a portion of his being, his image and likeness to make man, he reached into man and took a portion of Adam to sculpt the woman. If Adam is refined dust, then woman is double refined. For she was taken from a man and shaped again by God's hand. He said the word for man here is I-S-H and the word for woman is I-S-H-S-A-H. The Son of Man also went into the deep sleep of death in order that his beloved bride would come forth. Eve was in Adam before she became the bride. We were chosen in the anointed one before we were born. Adam and Eve rule together over this paradise. The bride of Christ will rule and reign with him over the restored creation. The spiritual bridegroom and the mystical bride are the counterparts to this story. So think about your life for a minute. And, you know, I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks that how many things are set up in my life that don't believe that? I would, I, I propose to you that, that all of us are living really small. You know, if I would just change my mind about the original design from God, do you understand that it's to be like God. Yes. Yeah. So think about how inferior it is to live from an old sinful nature. Yeah. It's so inferior. And, yeah. it's, and since we produce after our kind, if I'm, put, I'm a builder, you're all builders. Yeah. Just think about it. The Tower of Babel, they built something with their own hands. See, that's what we do. We're so good at building. You don't even need to think about it. You're just a builder. Yeah. And whatever you build to, it actually produces an entire grove yeah. of produce. Yeah. Yeah. You're just so good at building. Yeah. You sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh. Yeah. You sow to the spirit, You reap the Spirit. It's just the way it is. And so the indicator, that's what I said a few weeks ago, there's going to come a day where we're going to say, I can just tell by talking to you, you have not been with the Father. Your fruit shows me. See, we don't, we, we don't get to, you know how when, when people were in my, in my day, when we were in school, people could miss a grade. They could just in, 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 elementary they would just be so intelligent i guess they would test out and they would miss a whole grade you don't get to miss a grade in the kingdom 
No one gets to jump over the relationship with God aspect of Christianity, of this reason that we're serving God. We don't get to skip over and say, well, that part I don't have to do. And, and it's evident. It becomes evident in what we reproduce. Yes. Yes. It's a no-brainer. Right? Yes. I sow to the flesh. I reap to the flesh. I sow to the Spirit. And that's why he was so careful. Jesus was, and he was like, count the cost before you build. I could quote you a bunch of scriptures today. You know, he talked about how that when someone builds on an inferior foundation, when the pressures of life come, because guess what? Pressures are coming. The way that I have this really cool picture of some houses, I think, V, go down and show them my pictures of houses. There's, there's a house, there's a... Pre-planning was not good here. <laughs> Something kept eroding and eroding. And guess what? That ocean view got closer and closer. <laughs> I got another one. Those piers didn't sustain the weight of that furniture in the house. Keep going. Talk about a sinkhole. Talk about a fun house. Keep going. I got one more, I think. These, this is what it looks like when we are meant to build on the foundation of love. And we just build on anything else. Over time, it's not the first day. Don't you love that plan of God that it takes time for it to come into fruition. That's why I'm talking right now about this wiping off, just scraping it. That's what you used to call it in Colorado. Just scrape it. Scrape the whole bad thing. It's all bad. Just scrape it. It's not. You don't have to be nervous. The moment you'll scrape it is the moment you can start building on something new. You see, if my if I'm not building on the original design of man and woman then I'm manipulating men and women. And, and you can't tell, but guess what? Eventually, your relationship will erode. And that's why I'm coupling this series with our emotional series. Because all we all did was we grew up in a family where nobody knew nothing because we were raised by wolves. It's not a good thing. And no one knew anything about definitions of nothing. Most of most of y'all didn't even have godly parents, so they had chosen some other whole system to live by. And and isn't it funny when you have crap, you just kind of look for one little piece that's not crap. It's all crap. So I can't just pluck out. They said God's name once. Was it in vain? I don't know. How did they say it? I mean, it's just crap. Right? And so I don't need to go pilfering through poop to see if there's anything in there to save. It's waste. And so let's just do the, yourself a favor and just wipe off what's waste because then you can actually build on something, which the foundation of why you're on the planet is because God so loved you and wanted to make something that he could have communion with like him. You don't get this, but you're like God in some way. I don't, I don't know that I can prove all the ways you're like him. I don't think he has flesh. But there's something about your nature that is just like him. It's made exactly in his image. So it's not a stretch, will you agree, that if he made me like this, and he made me in his image to what? Have a relationship with him. To be more like him. To make more of me like him. Yeah. See, when he said, let's, why don't you get together and I'll make this way for you to reproduce. I mean, he could have done it the same way. He could have just kept pulling out chunks of stuff out of people. 
But he created a way to know, that's what the Bible calls intercourse, too, for a seed and a sperm to get together to produce another human being. That's crazy. And he made animals to be able to do the same thing, right? Now, in that moment, what was he saying? Produce other human beings and train them to be like me, like you know. We've turned that into a whole industry of pleasure. Now, since God, everything God makes is great and pleasurable, right? Even that is. But that's not even the reason. We, we have watered everything so down to what? To meet some need in me. And then we couldn't satisfy it that way, so we created other people to be with other people because that's not satisfied that way. I'm telling you, all the misconfigurations is all about sex. It's all about pleasure. Has nothing to do with what the Word says about why you're even on the planet. I didn't see it right there. And, and I made man and woman so they could just explore all their sexual fantasies together. Not in the Word. So another place, we just keep reworking the Bible and we keep trying to say, well, wouldn't he want me to be happy? Well, not like that, he wouldn't. And so think how far it's gone, though. Because we have the ability to recreate. It's, it's insane. It really is that we have recreated and recreated I keep always thinking about that movie, Multiplicity. We've just dummied it down, and we've just cloned and cloned and cloned until we just can't even keep our liquid in our mouths anymore. It's a stupid movie from back in the 80s. Anyway, cloning. It was about cloning. That's what we've done. And so someone has to stand up and say, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the woman. And I'm going to learn about the original design and I'm going to structure my life around the original design because that's what he'll bless. That's what will become abundant. That's what will give me peace. That's what will make things safe. I mean, it said right there, women are weapons. Why would we make, why would we use them some other way? I mean, if I was a guy, I would so try to see the value in what God made because it must be of benefit to me as a man. I would just read that over and over and over. I love what Lev Hetland said in his book, The Love Awakened. He said, he's talking about soils, you know, the parable of the soils. soils. He says, these soils, I don't really have a list, but sometimes it's just stutters right there when I'm about to speak in tongues you know it's just it's what are the about these soils represent human hearts listen to this some in this room right now receive truth and some do not in this room right now truth is going out he says some read the bible or hear the word and immediately respond but they don't hold it close and let it grow. They say, cool. They don't hold it close. You got to hold it close. You got to look at it over and over and over. None of y'all have heard this before. None of you guys in here have heard this. Some of you women that live with me have heard this, but <laughs> I talk about it a lot. But but we were made a certain way. You will never change that. Yeah. I mean, if I could just, I could say all day long, men, quit trying to use women for your pleasure, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Men have to get a revelation of who they are and who women are. We all have to have that. I'm pretty sure women have known for a while. I'm pretty sure women for a while have known this is gross. When they see a prostitute, I'm pretty sure women are going, this is gross. Yeah. I'm not going to call you up. This is gross. And see, that's it. We, this truth is going out right now. We have to hold it close. Holding it close means I look at it over and 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 over until I live by it. 
It can't read it once because I have this whole system that I've been looking at over and over and over and over and over and I bore fruit from it. It has permeated my very being. It, it became truth to me and I bore fruit and screwed up my life. And now I've got new truth. I have to hold it close. It has to be something I look at over and over and over and over and over and over and over until I live by it. See, you can call me up and I can give you instructions, but until you know it for you, it's just good advice. It's not a heart change. And he went on to say, he says, some want it to grow, but don't do what it takes to nourish the seed that has been planted within them. In Jesus's parable, the initial response is not the issue. The big question is, what happens after the initial response? The persistence in the process. You know, encounters are just those little spikes of miracle grow. I love them. But it's the process. See, I bought into the process before I knew any of y'all. The process of, I don't want anything to be in my heart that's not like him. But I want him to be able to move on me, even if it's with frustration or even if it's with something I don't understand. And I want to do an action married with him to produce fruit out of that thing that he's pushing on me. I mean, everywhere you read in the Bible, prophetic people, they were all miserable. It doesn't feel good in your human body to be a prophet. Prophetic class 101. You are not your own. If you need everything to make sense as a prophet, don't be one. Hang it up today. Just do something else. Because you're not going to understand it because he tells you first before he does it on the earth. That means you will not understand it. That means you're going to have dreams in the middle. That means you don't get to sleep when you want to sleep. That means you don't get to go to stuff you want to go to. You may have to go home from the party because he says go home. You just may have to do different stuff. Because why? Because you're not your own. Being a prophet is not for you. You're not going to feel great all the time. You're not going to understand nothing ever. You're not going to know where you're going. You're not going to know what you're doing. You're going to have to follow people that make you do stuff you don't want to do. You're going to have to be under a covering. That's the life. Just read a few instances. I was reading it this morning about Daniel. I'm vexed. So what do they say? Vexed. That's really troubled. Confused. It's not normal confusion. He makes it burn and then is confused. He makes it where you can't not. But then you don't feel like you understand it. He makes it where you're not your own. He says, you got to go over there and you got to go over there and you got to say that and you got to blow that up. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do any of that. He says, the real issue, hang on. Some people hunger and thirst for growth of the seed and they go after it. The real issue is what a person does with truth and love in the long, in the long run. Do you see how this might be a key to all other parables and teachings? This is about receptivity and responsiveness, not just in the moment. But over the course of a lifetime, receptiveness and responsiveness open up greater revelation. And do you see how it might be a key to receiving the seed of perfect love? An encounter is wonderful and beautiful, but by itself it's not enough. It does not solve everything. Yeah. That seed needs to be nourished over time, pursued 
prayed for, embraced, fed, fertilized, watered, and stirred into maturity and fruitfulness. There's a big difference between an encounter and a seed. A seed is necessary for a tree to grow. But just planting a seed will not guarantee a tree. An encounter like a baptism of love can be radically transforming, but by itself, it does not translate into lasting change. Some kind of stewardship and ongoing pursuit has to happen after the encounter. It is very possible to have a powerful experience, much like he references Jacob in the ascending angels, and still have an orphan heart that never gets filled up. If God gives you an encounter, you have a landmark event, a healing touch from heaven, a wonderful memory to anchor your soul in as you begin. But you have to continue your process of growing into perfect supernatural love. But if God plants a seed in you, And if your heart receives it freely and nourishes it over time, if you let the roots of it grow deep, your capacity to love expands. Your fruit grows and your love will be much greater in the long run. You know, it's really important this season to to realize that that is the dividing point right now the Holy Spirit's kind of throwing down. He's just saying, I'm going to give encounters. I'm going to keep giving truth. I'm going to keep arresting your heart. I'm going to keep giving you all kinds of challenges. I'm going to say, come in here and worship. We didn't do good today. We've got to, we got to fix our worship. Our worship wasn't good today. He said what to do with worship, and we didn't do it. And so you've got to go home. See, because he wants unified worship. Remember the dedication of the temple when they were in the upper room? What happened? They were all in one mind. How far are we from that? How far are we? He had a mind today. He had something on his mind today. We should go back and we should say, oh, I need to listen to that again. I need to hold that close. Did I do that? Did I do that instruction today? Instead of like, well, you know, I just tried. I mean, you know, I couldn't get into that song or whatever. I mean, I just, you know. No, it doesn't even matter about all that. And see, until we're strong enough to really look in the face of what he says, If he says, this is something and this will set you free, and I'm just like, yeah. But, you know, I think I'll go get that over there. I've got to look it in the face long enough until it becomes a reflection of myself. See, this is what you have to understand. Truth is supposed to be looked up at long enough until you see you in it. And see, all we do is we look at it and we're like, oh, I'm not that. I'm not that. I got to look away. I got to look away. I'm not that. Of course you're not that. You didn't even look at it for two seconds. You should look at it until it grieves you to the core that you're not that man. You're not that woman. But what must I do? 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 do? Until you look at it and you say, I know that's me. I know that's me. See, once you know truth, you can't unlearn it. You can't unsee it. It becomes the new measurement for you. It becomes a new plumb line for you. And your soul will be gross and grieved all day long because it's not measuring up to the plumb line because you saw it. And see, that should be happening to us on a greater scale. Our Our imagination should be saying, this isn't like heaven. This has sickness on it. This has torment on it. This has broken marriages on it. This is not like heaven. And I should keep saying, I should do the word of the year, and I should keep beholding it and beholding it and beholding until it looks like Jesus. Until it looks like what heaven says it should look like. 
but we don't. We just look over there. Oh, yeah, I don't want to just turn away from that. I don't want to get involved. It will prove to me I don't have faith. It will prove to me that I'm not a healer. It will prove to me I'm not a prophet. It will prove to me I'm not in my design. No, it should be. And I should go back to God and say, what do I need to do right here? That's not how I wanted that to turn out. I'm going to try again. How many have had a do-over in the supernatural? Forever. You will have that forever. Everything will be a do-over. That's why you can't get caught up in that we messed it up. Because everything's a do-over. Until it's recreated right before your eyes. That's what you're meant to be here for. To make things like God. Not to just be like, well, I don't know, they're not going to do it. You know why I can't keep from telling truth? Because when I see it, I have to say it. When I see it's not truth, I have to say it. When I see it is truth, I have to say it. If you let truth be your measurement and love be your force. You've got to realize love. You've got to do everything to protect love. See, we weren't taught any of this about protection, so we just all became orphans and just all hurt each other and just whoever was the biggest, baddest boy on the playground won. Whoever was the most convincing won. Married somebody, stayed married to them for years and years and years, and they abused me. Just He was the biggest bully. He won over and over and over. I got smaller and smaller and smaller. Until what? I was married for so long, I forgot who I was. Been looking for myself ever since. Stumbling around the dark. Where did they go? They're they're 12, they're 5, they're 2. I don't know. They're back there. See, that's the crazy thing. Is when we're manipulated into somebody else, the real us still exists. You didn't get that. Listen, manipulation is just a manipulation of your mind. It has nothing to do with who you really are. You know, why has Chrissy completely changed, transformed before all of y'all's eyes? Who remembers the day? I got the picture of her. She was sitting right behind Sidwell. Sidwell and Mama had the very same shirt on, and I took a picture of Sidwell and Mama, but over here on the side was Cece. And her head was bowed because she was in her introvert worship moment. <laughs> her head was bowed. I show her that picture every now and then. Why? Because... Someone kept saying the same thing over and over. That's funny, but that's not you. You're funny. You know, she was really sarcastic about her smallness. Why? Because she couldn't believe. You know that story that Joyce Merritt Meyer talks about the little teacup sitting on the shelf? That was Cece. She can't believe her very eyes about what God really had in store for her. It wasn't even in her imagination. How many in this room can say the same thing? You've not blossomed yet. You're still believing this smallness. I'm trying to get you to scrape that whole entire piece of crap off your life. Just get it all the way off because see, it was forged in a moment of orphanism and it will never be the supernatural. All it was was a bunch of rules and regulations and thoughts and actions that made you stay small and you hate it. You hate it. You know, I am the insider of the powerfulness that lies within you. And I'm sorry that so many people couldn't see it, but this is your time. This is your tribe. This is your place. This is the time to come out and look like her. Look like people who have made choices after choices after choices. When I met Pam, she was 30 years old. She had just had a wreck because she had bad luck all the time. That's what she told me I have bad luck all the time. So I had to take her catfish cabin and I had to I had to tell her about evil. I had to tell her about the enemy of her soul. Sorry. And she said, I don't believe in evil. And I said, Well, you're gonna have to change your mind about that. 
You know, I didn't have to tell her she was an alcoholic. She already knew. And she didn't want to be it. You don't have to tell people what they are. They already know. You have to tell them who they're supposed to be. If you want to be a prophet, you're going to have to find people who are sucked into a career and an education. And you're going to have to say, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But that education was zip to do with your purpose. And they're going to have to look at that bill. (laughs) They're going to want some student loan forgiveness. You have to look at people and say, you don't know who you are, but here's what you are. And they're not going to believe you at first. They're going to act like that old person. Dang it, I didn't get to any of my stuff today. We're on this journey to build together and I promise you I know you can't see it today all of you can't but there's a place for you here and I I almost guarantee 100% that looks nothing like where you came from because if that was it you'd have been great it don't look like that so as soon as you can scrape that crap off the foundation and start building on the truth and start building on love. Everybody in here has a story and guess what? Everybody you meet has your story. There's only four types of people. (laughs) So every, you're not going to meet some weird person out there that has some other experience in humanity. They all were made for the same reason. They all were made by God, and they were all made for the same purpose, to be like Him. And so you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be so fantastical at your gift. You can just yield and let someone who can see you breathe over you and believe them. See, y'all are all just living out what someone spoke over you and you believe them. You believe them and you probably married someone and you probably told them what you were and they believed you and so then they just treated you like you said. Or found friends and did the same thing. See, the one thing you can guarantee is that if you hang around with me, I won't let you not be you. You be the same to you. Don't let yourself not be you. There's been enough prophetic words, enough promises gone out from me, from this house. Believe it. If we would all believe it and we would join in and we would unify on this fact that we can build anything, there is nothing that we can't build. Such a good word. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, um, if you haven't figured it out yet, Spirit of God is on the move. (laughs) There is a very, 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 very powerful spirit, uh, I mean, move of God in the spirit that's going on right now. And I can just tell that there's this thing where we could miss it, you know, we're not going to miss it, but I'm just saying we could be so submerged sort of in an environment that, like she's saying, we just keep experiencing the encounter and how it makes us feel, but we we don't, you know, get the meat of it. And so I just, I feel this emphasis on on just telling us again today that there is a very, very big Spirit of God move going on right now. The Spirit is moving in a very, very, very powerful way, and it's just ramping up. It's it's going to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And we are privileged to be able to, to be in this house and to hear these words and have these encounters. But like she said, man, you don't want to just live on the little things you put in the ground that's the fertilizer. We want to be tilling up our own soil. And like she said, really be focusing in on this. And so I had two dreams last night that I wanted to speak about that I feel like were um, are prophetic. And one of the dreams was there was a man and a woman, and they were separated for some reason, and they the the woman wanted to get together with the man. They need she was just desperate to meet with the man. And I want to propose the man was Jesus and the woman was us. And but they so the authorities were made a way for them to be together. But what they came up with was that they could meet, but it had to be underwater. So and they gave them like the scuba gear in their mouth so they could breathe and they were able to meet underwater. So completely submerged. And so they could see each other like they were face to face underwater. I saw them and they were hugging and they could see each other eye to eye, but they couldn't speak because they were breathing, right? They, they could meet, but they couldn't speak. And so I just want to propose to you that, of course, water is a representative of the spirit. And there is a submerging of the spirit that's going on right now. That is how God's moving right now. It's not by talking us into something. It's not by us talking his ear off about all of our thoughts. It's about yielding to a move of the spirit where you can't even talk, but you're like, get me in the deep. Let me meet face to face in the deep, whatever it takes. I've got to be face to face and be able to touch the savior of mine, this king of kings. I've got to be there. Just let me see him. Let me meet face to face. And he will, of course, breathe on us and and give us the oxygen of heaven for that encounter. And we will be changed in that moment, completely changed in those encounters. That's what he's inviting us into. Not the logical work of our minds, not the soul management kind of, you know, let me manipulate myself and my history and my future and my thoughts and all that, but just get yielded face to face with him. And like she said, there are some practical ways to hand to, to, to practice that beyond the face to face and the yielding and the on your face on the floor moments. But be submerged in the truth that the Spirit is pouring out. Just be submerged in it, face-to-face with it, and let it have its work in you. It's not so much about us talking about ourselves or having to explain ourselves or digging our belly buttons and find all the stuff. It's a move of the Spirit that we're, we're not talking. We're just, we're just being together, and it's transformative. The second dream that I had was um, I was moving into a new place. So just we're moving into a new place. I'm just declaring that prophetically again. We are moving into a new place. It's undeniable. We're moving into a new place. And I stepped out into the backyard of this place, and I could see by the landscape of the backyard, it was kind of like raised up on a hill a little bit, and I could see my yard, and I could see the neighbor's yard, and there were very definitive lines about which one was which, and each yard had a pool or a pond or something in it with a, with a perimeter around it. And I stood there and I watched and I this flooding, I could see really far into the distance, even beyond our yards. And there was a, a lake or a body of water that had been that had flooded because there was so much downpour, so much rain had happened and it had overflowed its banks and it was just flooding further and further and further out. And I watched as it it flooded through the fence in the neighbor's yard and started washing over the pool in the neighbor's yard. And it was just flooding and flooding. And I looked over here again, and the same thing was happening in our yard. And the water was just covering everything. And it got to the point where you couldn't see where the swimming pool was. You couldn't see the perimeter, the walls of the pool. It was just blending together. The water was flooding everything. There were no fence lines anymore. There were no man-made perimeters around these bodies of water in our, in our little defined spaces. And I'm just telling you, that is the spirit of God. That is the spirit of God and what he's doing on the earth right now. He is flooding across our landscapes. 
He is flooding. Three out of the four pictures that Tisa showed were houses that were right by bodies of water where the structure of the house had been influenced by body of water, a movement of water. And I'm just telling you, this is our privilege to know in advance what's happening because we can choose to partner with him in our yielding, like I said, where we let go of all of our man-made stuff and we participate with him. And then the washing of his water isn't so focused on tearing things down, but on watering the soil of the seeds that we've planted by doing what she said, being so immersed in the truth that we have planted the seeds, we've stewarded the truth seeds in us well, and that flooding of his spirit would then nurture and, and provide all that's needed for those seeds to grow in us. And so that's our invitation and awareness. And I had another dream, I think we've already mentioned it a couple times, but just a week or so ago about a bulldozer coming through this, this thing that Tisa was trying to traverse this snowbank. She was trying and trying to get over that snowbank. And I'm, those are the things that she's addressing when she's preaching up here. Those are the things that she's calling out in each of us and saying, you, you've got to break through this. You've got to get some truth on this. And I'm, and she's working so hard to get over it. But I looked down the mountain and there was a bulldozer just flying up the mountain and it was bulldozing that that snow drift that had built up right out of the way. And so I'm just connecting that again to say, God is going to come through with power and might. And so we can position ourselves where we are either freaked out when all the structures we've made are torn down, or we can say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In this dream, I was standing in the backyard and it started to rain and the floodwaters were coming into the yards and everything was just all water. And I have to tell you, for some reason, I was completely naked and I did not care. I was completely naked, standing in the rain and watching the flood happen. Watching the And as I asked myself what that meant, okay, I thought, you know, well, I, I don't think I've ever in the natural gone out in the rain naked, but I have gone out barefoot in the rain. And what I typically do, if it's a rainy day, I like to wear my flip-flops. You know why? Because my feet can be dried off easily. My shoes, on the other hand, they soak up all the water and then they're heavy and they're wet for a long time. You can't dry those off as easily. So it's actually simplest to just wear your bare feet in the rain. And so I want to propose that's, again, us just getting naked with him, being authentic with him. And then the washing doesn't bring something that's heavy. It actually, it's just, it's just nourishing. And there was no shame in it. There was no fear about the water coming. It was actually a, a really empowering and beautiful thing in my dream to, to watch that and very, very encouraging. And of course, Tisa just talked about Adam and Eve in the garden and they had no covering. They were naked before God and that's the position we're being restored to right now. So I just hope that encourages you and I just want to just release that prophetic word over you, release that those prophetic dreams over you and all that they are carrying. And we just say thank you, Holy Spirit, for telling us. Thank you for the way you are privileging us to see and participate with you so that we can actually ride on the current that you're bringing instead of being shocked by it instead of feeling traumatized by it but we can actually be be rejoicing with what you're doing in the world right now so we just say thank you and i just release this word i release a, an anointing of this word i release the grace to partner with this word we just say yes i ask you holy spirit to to cover the the seed that was planted today even with more water with more um, nourishing soil so that these seeds can just really really flourish and we just thank you. We just say thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your truth. We just will go out today with, a, with an attitude of gratefulness, an attitude of gratefulness for all that you are doing and all that you have done. 
And we just say, you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of honor. And yes, you are worthy of more praise than we gave you today. And we will, we can't wait to give you more praise in our hearts. We want to give you more praise. We want to give you more honor. We want to worship you more. So Holy Spirit, come and tear down every obstacle, tear down every obstacle in the way of our hearts being reaching a satisfied level to give you the praise that you are worthy of. Do it, Papa. Do it in us. Do it in us. Do it in this house. Blow the roof off of this place through us, through our praise. Do it in us, Papa. Come like a flood. Come like a flood. We just say yes, and we yield, and we ask you to come. We give you full permission to come. So we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Papa God. And we love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.